0: you're listening to super manager the podcast for people who manage people and business
1: with ideas
0: trends and expert interviews to help you be a super manager okay so welcome back to part three
2: of our super manager conversation about equal pay and gender bias and in this episode we're going to go around the room and talk about some solutions and you're going to hear from my totally equal super friends
1: i'm jerry richardson i'm a lawyer at evans and dixon I work with employers. I help them manage their relationships through the courtship, the marriage, and the divorce.
3: Hmm.
4: Joel Emmerith Ignite Strategies. I serve as a sales systems architect for small and mid-sized businesses.
0: Vicki Wars, Wars Consulting. I am a human resources consultant for small to mid-sized businesses, helping them maneuver through some of the uncomfortable issues they face.
3: I'm Amy Narishkin. I'm a cultural intelligence strategist with Empowering Partners, which is actually my business, so I'm a consultant as well and I help organizations reach
2: broader markets by hiring people that they think are different. And I am Samantha Nays with CN Video. We do corporate video production. Amy, what do you feel needs to change? What do you feel is the solution?
3: Hmm. For me, it always goes back to invisibility. When Natalie was in the room, she was talking about her husband being referred to instead of her expertise. So, Just that bias shows up that women's voices and opinions aren't as valuable. And that's where we still are as a society. So one of the statistics that might be helpful, in order for there to be true parity in a room, for example, a corporate meeting, for there to be parity in the room, women need to make up 70%, a supermajority in the room, for women's voices to be considered as valuable. So there still is that bias. So what she experienced, I guess, at that trade show Mm -hmm. where her husband was perceived as the expert instead of her, she was the expert in that case. So that's just the reality that we're dealing with right now, and I'm not sure it's any one person's fault. It's just a lack of awareness that there's an opportunity to make sure that women's voices are heard in the room. And that's valuable for a company, too, because whenever you have anybody in an organization feeling minimized, sidelined, or silenced, That's going to stifle productivity, innovation, profit in any organization. So I think it's making sure that people feel heard and valued and seen, both men and
0: women. And here I interrupt you. I'm I'm part of the statistic. (laughs) Uh, Actually, we in the United States are a Judeo-Christian country. And if so many people adhere to biblical teachings, you have a lot of our religious instruction Mm -hmm. is by males and in fact through the structure of that particular religion or belief pattern, whatever women cannot hold a role as teacher, leader Mm -hmm. pastor, whatever so you start from some of the very very kernel of Mm -hmm. a person's life that it's all the way back to our socialization as human beings okay and what happens is you see and you begin to say well i need to have a man that's in this role to tell me this because this woman she didn't know anything okay right yeah it permeates our society it permeates throughout the country i purposely i just like i just got in from a doctor's appointment I purposefully do not go to male doctors anymore.
3: Hmm.
0: Why would you take a car into a mechanic that doesn't know how to drive? So what I've got is totally different than what that male doctor has, okay? (laughs) So
2: it's... Hey, we chuckle, but for the longest time they were talking about medications, painkillers were only tested to work for men. Yes, not it's a, for the it's still male happening. body. still, still, happening. Happening. It's still it's happening. still happening. The so, average weight well, well, for, well, for a woman rats. in the ER. They, for, they, for they can rats. test
1: it there. Do they work for rats? Male rats. They. I think
0: they're using male, male rats as the problem. But, well, I they, mean, <laughs> if you look at it. It's easy to get male and female just, rats all together. It's just throughout our society. And then to change horses, so to speak, as you become gainfully employed in the labor market, your very basic who you are does not change at that point. It certainly does take a purposeful change. Right. Because of who you are, just like my doctor's selection, I'm not going to fall into that trap.
1: Okay. Now, now, Vicki, you've made that conscious decision with doctors since about when?
0: actually start out with when I married my husband but anyway is he a
1: doctor uh, or no no he,
0: he just had issues but anyway I, it, that's it more on that but in anyway. another podcast well no, no that
1: this is pertinent to the topic for about how long have you been in making that
0: probably uh, let's see how old am I probably half a century okay really 20.
1: because what you find though was there was a point in time where there weren't female doctors and that the, well, I'm and not
0: that old. Well, wait. Well, no. well, well, I'm a lawyer, and
1: I, and I can tell you, law school, I can tell you better than medical school, but I think they were on similar patterns. Mm-hmm. And there weren't women, the medical schools may have said they weren't going. What they were probably getting, the women that had the aptitude were probably being steered into nursing school instead. Correct. Okay? Correct. But in any case, the medical schools changed. These male dominated medical schools changed. They were forced to do so by the federal government in Title IX. Right. Okay, but we'll put that aside. Since about 1970, there are now many, many more females in medical school. I would venture a guess, and it's only a guess because I haven't looked at the statistics, but there's probably at least half of the enrollment in medical schools is female. Mm-hmm. So there are many more choices than Is it there now? used to be. Well, but, in, but, but in, I do in like law that. school, it's yeah. probably slightly more parity? female mm-hmm. than male. So we, I, we know like that more said,
3: women are going to college now than men. Well, and I, and I didn't they, know if that was well, and that, and the advanced
1: that's, degrees. That's by a fairly big percentage, at least. Mm-hmm. My older daughter, where she graduated from, it was like 62% female. Mm-hmm. It was she, a co-ed it's been going on for school forever. Right.
2: Let's, go, let's move mm-hmm. on. Joel, what do you feel is the solution to the yeah, problem? No,
4: I wanted to weigh in on a couple of things. So much of this is unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's something that's ingrained in people's right. minds. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's pre-existing. Yeah. It's and unconscious. And not just in the
2: office, but parents and siblings. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, from, We're from, all from when they're born. Right.
4: I mean, whether, for example, my son's teacher at daycare told him, all little boys like their moms more than their dads. Ouch! And so he decided
0: he likes his, his mom. mom more than
4: his dads. That's the I'm way sorry the world
0: works. Wow!
4: So it begins manifesting itself, whether as direct as that or less direct from a very early age, and people grow up with that perspective. But I think that the challenge is when drawing it to somebody's attention that it exists is not doing it in an accusatory manner, right. because it is so unconscious. So important. It's not intentional. People may even perceive that they're not doing it. They may even perceive they're going out of their way to not do it. They're probably not aware
3: that they're doing it. Right. That's why it's called unconscious. Right, and they're probably (laughs)
4: oblivious to it on some level. I'm not saying everybody. Anytime you paint with broad strokes, it's overgeneralized. Right. So I think a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. people are not consciously aware that they're doing it. And whether it's the last principal at my son's middle school who just referenced the girls in the office... Uh, he was talking about the administrative support of the, the girls. Office. Ouch. Yeah. The girls the in girls. the office. <clears throat> he was 65 years old.
0: This is the way I he's aware. been
4: doing it for years. It's just the way it is. What's wrong with it? It's just the way it is But in his do you know
0: how many women refer to other women as the girls? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, They're I, I, complicit. I it. I'm
4: just saying, I don't think he's even, he's oblivious to it. Like, he's not even aware. I, I
2: have a question, though. It might be an objection or maybe a question yeah, about yeah. what you're saying, Joel, because... I stated in my opinion from the start that I think unconscious bias is the biggest problem right now. Yeah, at the time, the laws you talked about, Jerry, I think they were very necessary at the time. And I think now is the time to fix the unconscious bias. But, Joel, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you are saying because it's unconscious, because they don't realize they're doing it, the people that are being affected by it should be kinder and gentler in letting the person know that there is a problem. Oh,
3: no, 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 no. Go ahead. It's just we have to be careful about shaming and blaming people into changing their behavior. That doesn't work. Yeah, It's not
1: helpful. Well, well, time out. The, The law is a shame and blame thing, and it changes behavior. It forces you. And the time has not come and gone for Title VII. Title VII is alive and well because discrimination still does occur, and it's necessary. But I think social attitudes have changed quite a bit. There used to be a point in time where... It probably was a badge of honor for someone to be called a bigot to some degree, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Now people protest that that is such a horrible epithet to be called. So I think that's well, all I because actually, of this change.
3: I, the law, you're right, I, I can't speak to it, and perhaps shame and blame is the approach, but. I know that when I go into an organization to teach about cultural intelligence, I invite people in. And when an HR manager says, well, should we just have the whole leadership group? My answer will be, how about we open up my training to who would like to attend? Because not everybody's ready to begin to outsmart their unconscious bias. And why, why well, shame and okay, blame and force? But we're getting right, to but, kind of the core the, what of the, the, the issue The law here. is a
1: blunt instrument, and it says we're drawing would, a line absolutely. here and don't cross the line. Now some people... That's not a big deal. Other people are going to try and edge up to the line of oh, again, gonna... legal
4: and ethical are, are not necessarily the same. All I was trying to suggest is that when... Oh, I'm when sorry, unfortunate... Joel. I didn't mean yeah, to jump Yeah, I, I didn't get to answer the question. <laughs> we interrupted here. him. Yeah. Uh, I got just, I'm more passive than your average guy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what I was getting at is that when you're addressing an issue of unconscious bias, if you come at it from an angle of... You're at fault, you've done right. this wrong, blame, blame, blame. Doesn't work. The the people <laughs> shut down. They're like, No, I go so out of true. my way. I treat everybody right. the same. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's their response. Right. And they may genuinely perceive that they're doing that even if they're not. Right. So it requires a different conversation, usually facilitated by somebody outside of that. It requires that cultural intelligence. Yeah, as opposed to between, <laughs> the, two, between the two people So you bring,
3: in, you bring in Dr. Amy. You, yeah, yeah. We can it, shift behaviors in the way I people speak. I wanted to
4: share a little story real quick, too, an anecdote. An amusing experience a number of years ago. I was at a large parent-teacher IEP meeting for one of my children in elementary school. And at the table, it was 13 women and me. Oh, well, so parody. Yes. Uh,
3: uh, uh, <laughs> no, Sorry, no, I'm only no, kidding. No, no,
4: no, no. But, but, but to your point, what was really funny about it, I mean, it was really clear to me that my opinion was not valued. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was made abundantly really? clear that this A little bit of discrimination going on there? the elementary school. How did, you did mean,
1: that make you feel? Did yeah, you know, know para or para D? Oh, look at that. <laughs> but how but, did
0: that make you no, but, feel? But,
4: but what was interesting about it, it's I walked out, I'm HR. like- HR. I bet- That's
0: a great question. I bet
4: that's what women feel like all the time. That was my initial it thought. It registered, yeah. it registered. Yeah, I mean, it was I've, really- I've,
0: I've negotiated over 80 labor agreements in my career, okay? So you can imagine- a woman with a southern accent walking in, and I had been, in certain instances, cautioned at the way I present myself at the table Mm -hmm. or I'll have shut down city, which is fine, which is fine. But when there is one particular organization in the St. Louis area that I do some consulting for, that there are some companies they won't put me in because I'm too direct, okay? Are you an
2: N.T. also? <laughs> and then Jerry, what do you feel is the solution to the problem? <laughs>
1: well, the problem is discrimination, and the solution is don't do it. Well, I you, mean, ideally. You, I, but, I mean, there's only so much laws can do, right? and you have to have people of good will, and even if they're of good will trying their best, there can still be unconscious bias at play, but they have to be open-minded. So that's the human condition.
3: (laughs) And and unconscious bias is still very much at play. In the United States, only one in five corporations have actually trained employees in in unconscious Mm. bias. So it's a fairly new concept. We that's have a new I would
4: have
3: Yeah, we have a new civil ri- rights movement afoot in the United States, but still we're not aware of the bias that's influencing our words and actions. So, even the best of intentions don't help if we're not aware yet. And we're getting there. It's happening.
2: And Amy, I know you do training on this type of thing if there's an organization that is concerned about this or has a problem with it, how do they get a hold of you for help with that?
3: They can go to my website www.empoweringpartners.com. And we can talk about workshops on unconscious bias. But even more importantly, after unconscious bias, a lot of folks will feel kind of awkward and being aware that bias is sitting there. So cultural intelligence takes it that step further. And so now what do I do? How do I behave? And how do I talk? now that I'm a little bit more aware of how I come across to people.
0: Thanks for listening to Super Manager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of Super Manager resources, or give us a call at
1: 314-VIDEO-ME.